Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of The Truth of Youth and we have another really good episode waiting for you today. Today we are going to be discussing the truth of the election. So obviously it's the start of 2024 and this is an election year and I think that this topic is especially important because a lot of people who were born in 2006, uh, this would probably be their first time voting. At least that's the case for both me and Jude. So we'll be seniors in high school um, and we'll have turned 18 by election day. So we will both be voting. So our first time voting will be for presidential election, which is kind of fun, I guess. I mean, like, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be your first time voting. I'm not a citizen. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I shan't be voting. I'll just be anxiously awaiting the results at home. Okay, well... I stand corrected. I'll be voting in this upcoming election, which should be interesting. I mean, it makes me realize a little bit how old I am because I'll be 18 and I'll be voting. But it's exciting to know, you know, you kind of have a say in what's to come. Have you like automatically registered to vote? I registered when I got my permit. Um, okay, so when, I, when I was 16, I registered, but obviously you can change like your voter registration if you'd want. Uh, your yeah. whatever party, but I think I just realized this is our first episode of the new year. I remember that this time last year we had just done an episode with your sister Maya and we'd done a great debates we did do uh, that which was pretty we, fun uh we should have her on again someday I agree but it's weird how time flies so fast like I remember the episodes we did around this time last year and now wow we're back here again by the way before we get into the episode Annika how have you been how was your break my break was great we did a safari in Africa for two weeks which was amazing I uh, saw a bunch of animals and it was kind of nice to just like get more kind of in touch with nature because I feel like especially in school we're always kind of cooped up with our computers and stuff and um, it was nice to yeah I took a break from my phone kind of like obviously there was like not really cell and uh, wi-fi um, so it was nice to really just detach a little bit more um, but yeah, I'm, I kind of came back refreshed and ready to start school. It did kind of hit me like a bus though, because I forgot how much work we always have, but I'm ready. It, it's been great. It was a nice break and I'm ready to kind of like get back in the groove. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I just, uh, why, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a big school guy at the moment. I really, I'm, I'm struggling to get back into the flow of it. Um, I'm sure I will because my, uh, anxiety outweighs my, um, lack of motivation. So uh, I think I'll be fine. Um, we're gonna do our card of the day today. So, um, the one I pulled is how shy are you, and why do you think that is? Interesting question. Interesting um, question, especially for me because I have an issue. I really don't think I'm shy at all. I think Annika will support me there. I think that I like to socialize, and I think that it's a strength, but you know, it's also distracting. I think it's a strength. Like I feel like you're the type of person to be able to talk to whoever like regardless of their background or like how they are as a person like just you as a person like you kind of instantly make people feel at ease and you make people feel able to talk to you um and you're able to hold like a good conversation even if somebody isn't as talkative and I'd say that I'm relatively shy until like I have a group of close friends and like when I'm with those friends like I'm not at all shy like I'm like extroverted with my close friends but like it definitely takes me a decent amount of time to like find that um and if I don't know you super well like I'm not super extroverted like I'm not going to go out of my way to like start a conversation with somebody who I don't know which like I do want to work on but at the same time it's like I guess it's just like it. I want to like find my people kind of before I like go reveal too much about myself to people 
Um, so like, I guess it's kind of like a defense mechanism. So it could be seen as a weakness or a strength, but it's something I kind of want to work on because I do admire that about you, that you're able to like talk to everybody. Guys, Annika is Batman. You're so right. Um, I just thought I'd let you. Okay, um, so that was an interesting question. Although I feel like, and I think it's interesting how both of us have very different answers. But with that, are you ready to get into the episode? Yeah, Drew, let's do it. Okay, so as we talked about, uh, this week we'll be discussing the truth of the election and kind of like our ideas about the presidency and um, the government at the moment. Uh, So, Annika, would you like to read our first question? Sure. So our first question is, if you could select anyone that you know or anyone that you can think of to run for president, who would you want to run? I thought this is an interesting question because I think that there's people have like lots of people who they're like, oh, I wish they were president. But like realistically, like I think a lot of them are joking. Also, I have a I have a query for you. Um, what you know when everyone wanted Michelle Obama to run for president? What do yeah. you think that? Well, actually, I was gonna use her as my example. Were you actually? I knew you might. I was thinking. I was. Okay, I think in order to be a good president, like yes, I think in my opinion, I would feel a little more secure if they've had a political background before. Like that's just something that I feel more secure with. But I mean, like certain people have different opinions on that. But I think that Michelle Obama, when she was first lady, she just did a lot of, like, really good work, you know, with all the kids and everything. And I feel like overall she is, like, a good person. I think that it doesn't, like, you can, like, see that very clearly just based off of, like, what she did in Obama's presidency. And then also, like, maybe this is an assumption that I'm making, but if she was there throughout his entire presidency, like, it's not like she didn't see what was going on. Like, it's not like she has absolutely, like, no political experience. Like, it might not be as firsthand, but, like, she did, like, live, like, her spouse was president. So, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't, like, scare me that she's not necessarily the same as, like, somebody who previously was, like, you know, a governor and, like, is, you know, rising the ranks and running for president. So, like, that's what I would say to that. What do you think about it? Um, I think that, uh, I mean, I can't think of anyone specific, maybe a woman, because I think that it's kind of really odd how a woman has not been elected to be president in this country. I think that that's something that's, I'm not saying that all women would make better politicians than men, but I think in many cases, it would be very interesting to see the comparison. Um, I don't know if you agree with me there. I Um, definitely do. I would have been really interested to see what Hillary Clinton would have done with her presidency. I think so. I just think that there's like, I don't know how realistic it is, but like, I feel like there has to be some sort of change. Like, I think Obama being the first black president, like, there you go. Like, that's changed. Like, Kamala Harris, like, that's changed. And I think that it's becoming a little bit, like, it's less unheard of now, which is kind of sad to say because you're like, less unheard of. Like, how sad is that, that we've never had a female president before? But I completely agree. I think that I would probably want someone female, but you can think about all the controversy that that would spark. Because when you think about past elections, like whether the popular vote reflected this or not, like a lot of times it's been very, very close. So like half the country is probably going to be really upset about that. And I think what I, if I've read anything in the news, like from the past however many years, it's like how divided our country can be. And it's like, if you have a female president when there's so many people, like there's so many people out there predominantly men, but even some women who are like, 
oh, why would you want a female president? You know, like they don't know what they're doing. They're like not as smart, they're not as intelligent, just like inherently. So if you have all of this going on and I can just think of like all the backlash and I'm not saying that that's like, oh, there's going to be backlash that shouldn't happen. But I'm kind of just thinking like it's more curiosity about how that would spiral and just like all kind of the insults. Like if something bad happens, oh, it's because she's a woman. Like that's what I'm thinking about. And it's like, wow, I don't know. It you would don't be want that to be like, you don't want that to be the the thing that is like, that comes to mind when people are like, you know, they're thinking of the I president. Feel, yeah, like, I feel I like that, that makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. I mean, also just like the the thing that I find really interesting about the uh, electoral college is the fact that someone can get the majority of the votes. So like the majority of the country can want them to be the president and they can still lose because of the way, you know, because of the way the, the whole system works, which I, which is fascinating um but also does it make sense maybe maybe not um but also as you said there's a lot of division and whether that's helpful for a country especially in a time like this where i think that unity is really necessary maybe not so good so my candidate i was thinking of would actually be uh trisha paytas mm. <laughs> just think she'd be great um no i'm just kidding but i have to say though the um the clips of Trump making fun of Ron DeSantis is so funny. He should, I think that personally that Donald Trump should give up politics and just become a stand-up comedian because I think he has a lot of potential, like far more stand-up comedian potential than political potential. Um, and I just think that that's how the world should work. Um, well, speaking of Trump, um, I was thinking about this. I feel like this also isn't realistic in like the next year or anything like that. But I feel like there's got to be a candidate who like accurate accurately represents the Republican Party. And like, that's not Trump at all. No. And like, at a time, there was a time obviously when the Republican Party, like, you know, like people antagonize the party now. And I think it's because they kind of associate it with Trump, which I don't think is necessarily fair. But like, that's what it's come to now. Like, when you think of it, you can only think of like, all these bad things. And like, I'm guilty of it too. If somebody says they're Republican, like part of my mind goes, oh, like, did they vote for Trump? But like, I know yeah. tons of Republicans who are like, Donald Trump does not represent what I believe in or what the Republican Party stands for. And it's like, if you could have a like a non-crazy Republican who accurately represents what the party's mission originally was, then I feel like there could be one like better just civil discourse because like you don't have someone like who's like, you know, kind of talking out of their butt to say it nicely. Um, yeah and also like I feel like in a sense there would be less division I mean like it would still be divided because like we do have like a two-party system and like I'm not gonna say like our country's never gonna be completely unified of course but I just feel like if the Republican Party actually had a candidate who like represented the ideas then like I don't know that could be a start to something in terms of candidates yeah I I think that I like your point about Michelle Obama but I think the important thing is, and we'll kind of, we will touch upon this later because it's another one of our questions that we're going to answer to talk about the traits that we want to see in a president. But I think this is a good time to start talking about, um, do you think that the current, and this is our second truth of today question, do you think that our current government, whether it's like here or just like on a global scale, do you think the governments of today are accurately like representing um, and acting on the needs of the people? I think it's a tough question because I think 
sometimes we have to distinguish between needs and wants. Um, and that's just something in life in general. And if we're thinking about wants, it would be impossible for a government to act on behalf of everybody's wants because everybody's wants are going to be different depending on where you live, depending on your whatever political party you more associate with, depending on your like your socioeconomic status, like all of your wants are going to be really different. So I think it like requires you to think about the needs of the people. Like that's the phrase that's kind of getting to me here. Like what are really the common needs of the people? Like if we're thinking about having like an overall like safe, stable country, I don't know, like you look at some some of the countries in South America, because obviously when we did our episode on the border, uh, I was talking about how I heard a lot about the political instability in like South and Central American countries. And that's true for like all over. Like when we went, when we went to Africa, we found out about like all the countries in Africa where there's just such like crazy instability, like there's rebels, like all this stuff. And it's like, compared to that, I'm quite grateful for the United States and our current administration just for like the safety that I've been afforded and as a country like I would say that I'm grateful for that and I think sometimes that's easy to forget um so it's weird because if we're talking about like needs then in a sense yes but wants I don't think that that could ever really be fulfilled but that's my take but the other thing to think about is like is it representing the needs of everyone like obviously there's massive issues with homelessness at the moment Mm. in this country along with the fact that there's, you know, the governments around the world are not confronting the the climate change crisis um, enough, which is, you know, people want them to do that. But also, to an extent, the world needs the governments to start to respond to a crisis that's going to affect us and every future generation. So are they accurately representing and acting on the needs of some things? For sure. But is the the country acting on behalf of the people of the future? Possibly not. That's definitely true. And I would say like homelessness and you mentioned like climate change, like those are big things. And like, I don't think it's fair to discount them at all. But I think that there are just so many issues like in every country, but obviously in the United States, there are so many issues. And I feel like in a sense, you're kind of forced to choose which ones you're going to specifically address. And I would agree that I think that those two especially should be addressed and like taken more seriously probably than they are right now, because like you said, like one homelessness is impacting so many people and climate change is really going to impact the generations to come. And like, we want to create like a better world for our children, of course. Um, But at the same time, I feel like sometimes we need to address issues that might be coming at us like full force. And I understand climate change definitely is. But for me personally, like when I'm thinking about like current issues, this might just be an issue on my part. Like climate change isn't always the first one that comes to mind because it's like, oh, like it's going to impact the future, which isn't fair for me to do. Like I completely admit like that's an issue for me that I need to start realizing that like this is a big deal. But I think that if I were putting myself in like a politician's perspective, as much as I like probably would want something to be done, like more so about climate change, I feel like when there's like all these like you know international relations and like things happening uh, elsewhere in the world that you're trying to address like sometimes it can take like a backseat which again like I'm not saying that that's a good thing at all but I'm saying like I kind of understand sometimes where it's coming from yes there are other issues and I guess you could say that there are more like in the moment like issues that are far more like in your face but I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with you that that certain issues like global warming can be on a back burner because I think the issue is is that they have been on a back burner for so long that it's getting harder and harder to bring them to the forefront of people's 
minds and so maybe that's like a, a bigger issue that needs to be confronted I think that that saying that it's because there's other issues that are more pressing like yes that might be true but I think that it's also important to say that you can't you need to be able to focus on more than just those things I think that it's important that we recognize that looking further into the future is just as important as like looking into the now because you know the future is always heading like right for us we can't avoid it and therefore I think that it's important that we prepare especially since as you said in places like Africa global warming is already a big issue and so I think that in that way we need to start seeing that you know they're like the people that are contributing to global warming the least are now being affected by it the most and so maybe it's important that we begin to to confront an issue that that is actually maybe more in our face than we would care to admit I agree with that I think that's a good point but like if you keep saying like it can take a backseat and then like that's just going to keep going because there are going to be more like in your face issues that come up with like you know new wars and the US involvement and everything and it's like okay how long can that take a backseat like it can't because eventually it's going to blow up in our faces yeah. um but I I think that that's also like in the same way like that's an issue for a bunch of like long lasting issues kind of things that just have been going on for a while like even like situation U.S. Mexico border like I feel like it's less in your face as it used to be like if you ask somebody like oh what's the first like political event that's like something like political that's on your mind right now I guarantee it's probably not going to be like crisis at the border because it's been going on for so long that it kind of like yeah it's in the back of your mind but it's not really like you know in your face as much um until like something really like catastrophic obviously happens at the border then it might be but I agree with what you're saying that it's kind of hard to like put it in the back seat like I don't think that's fair but at the same time like I think my original point was more just that like I understand why it happens I don't necessarily agree with it but I feel like that's just sort of why so I mean I kind of guess we've strayed from the question but do you think the current government of the world accurately represents the needs of the people I guess you're saying no right I think maybe some of the people and some of the needs but I don't think that Obviously, like, you know, governments aren't all powerful, nor are they, do they have, like, you know, the ability to confront everyone's needs. Like, that's just possibly unrealistic. There's, you know, but do I think that they could be doing a better job of confronting certain things? Definitely. I think that there's a lot of issues that uh, are being somewhat glossed over, especially because we live in a world where, you know, to to be brutally honest like the the rich are prioritized over over anyone else and so i think that it's important to recognize that because you know we live in a system and to start to be able to change and like better that system you have to first acknowledge the issues and so i think that that's like one of them we need to start looking at people more collectively than prioritizing certain groups over others yeah and especially like i feel like your your point about climate change that's just the one i keep going back to is that like that's going to impact everybody like that's one that doesn't necessarily impact like a specific group of people um and it's like if you have one of these few issues that really does impact every single person then maybe that's something that should be at the forefront of like you know the happenings in the country or like you know looking to find ways to combat that um because like you said like there's no way to necessarily meet the needs of everybody but this sort of is one of the few that does um because like it or not like this is going to impact all of our kids and all of our grandkids so like this is one of the few that does impact all of us um 
so I guess like yeah you sort of did change my perspective on that like again I'm never gonna say that I'm not saying that it's okay that it's happening but I like, understand has, but I feel like you're right like that shouldn't that definitely shouldn't be the case yeah and so yeah I think that's a good time to sort of begin to talk about our final question which is what do you think are traits that you would like to see in a president and what do you think are traits a president needs to have to be a good representative of the people oh god Hmm. so I actually one I've been really thinking about is maybe being like truly in touch and being able to 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 empathize with with the people of the country because even just like if you look at the U.S. government I I just refuse to admit that a bunch of borderline ancient white men which is many of the the people of government in in this country and in and in england can can fully represent like you know the great diversity of the country even just like i think being born in a completely different time must really affect your ability to be properly in contact with people outside of certain age range like even as you said people who are going to start to become voters like us like do you really think that like if I was going to elect someone my first thought would not be someone who's who's really old like is in like literally like past retirement age in a lot of places you know yeah I agree with that I think that I agree with what you're saying about somebody who can relate to the majority of people like I feel like Donald Trump's probably a pretty bad example of that. Um, but like somebody who maybe didn't come from an uber wealthy upbringing because the uber wealthy is like the top 1% and that's not realistic. That's not necessarily, you know, who you're trying to represent. And if you're trying to get the votes, then like you're going to be trying to appeal to the greatest possible sum of people. Um, so I think that somebody who has those experiences who can probably better appeal to those people is something important. Um, I also think it's kind of, it's, I feel like it's, um, it kind of goes without saying, but I think it still needs to be said, but somebody who really has the country's best interests in mind, in mind and I can't even believe I'm saying this because it should go without saying, like I said, but I feel like sometimes or in the past, maybe that hasn't been true necessarily. Um, and I feel like just like that single fact that like that that's so important and that should be like the most important thing um and yeah yeah as you said like maybe an uber wealthy background is not the best representative of the country i think that they have to be more level-headed and again like i'm not saying that like joe biden is perfect but i think one of like the least level-headed people and least and at least in terms of government the less rational people i've seen are people like Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump because they they have these almost childish arguments in debates and you think this person is like in the running to to be to to in many ways run a country and I just don't think that that's that that's accurate and so I think that that's another thing I think that they we need people who are not necessarily like popular figures but like true politicians like trump is not a true politician that's not his background he's a businessman and that means that he's going to have business business in mind i think that something that i really like my grandfather and he is 
83 and he also he's like stepping down after this term in in parliament but he is like a gold mine of like political information and political philosophies like that's what he's studied that's his passion that's what he's read that's what he's researched that's what he's continued to to look into for basically his whole life and i think that that is a really important trait to have if you're interested in politics because having that much knowledge is always going to help you and I, I just don't think that a lot of the people in government have that knowledge i think that you see people running for for government in this country that that have done all sorts of things and you think why are you coming in to to be a politician when this is what you do you know what i'm saying i feel like that i see people and i question what like i'm like what why are you becoming a a representative of government it's like you're a businessman you're this you're that like it, it just is like the fact that arnold schwarzenegger was a part of the what well, he was the governor wasn't he does that not isn't that like somewhat crazy to you i wouldn't want to live in a country where the where my representation in government are like literal celebrities yeah i think so going back to something you said before um about i don't know what you you said something related to like you know being level-headed and sometimes i'll watch like the republican debates and like i'm sitting there and i'm laughing because it's like my tv it's like funny you know like i laugh at like all the crazy insults and stuff but then I look and I'm realizing I'm voting in this election and I'm watching people like come for each other and like come for like really they're doing like low blows and stuff. And it's like, how is this like I know it's part of it. I know it's part of like all these debates and stuff. It's just something that happens. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's a I kind of am saying it's a bad thing. I mean, like, it's like, is that really who you want to be leading your country? Like somebody who says that and then just like overall having a respectful presence. I mean, like the some of the stuff that donald trump has said just like about women in general just like the insanely derogatory things like again like half of this seems like it should go without saying but i think because of like our history as this country i feel like it honestly needs to be said and then also something i've been thinking about somebody who's able to deliver speeches well and i mean like you can say what you want i thought obama was like i wasn't you know, I wasn't very much coherent at the time of his presidency. Like, yes, I was alive, but like, it's not like I was go doing like in like research on him at the time. Like, I was relatively young, um. But I'm not like it, it was like a well known thing that like his uh his speeches, like not necessarily what was in them, because obviously it's not like he necessarily wrote them, but his delivery wasn't always the strongest. And like, I don't really think that that was that big a deal, but I do think that it impacts like your portrayal just on the media because people do watch you. And I think it's important to be able to like, you know, properly and effectively deliver a good speech, just like delivery in general and the way you say things, even like silly things like your intonation, like in your voice, like things that you wouldn't even think like that is going to have an impact on your viewers and on your audience. So I, mean, I don't know, like things like that are things that I was yeah, being about. being being articulate and somewhat eloquent is, you know, vital in politics. I think that that's that's something that you notice when you see people talking. When I see clips of people, you know, in Congress or anywhere, it's like you, how you perceive them, all you really have to go off is how they're talking to you and what kind of you're absorbing from how they're saying and what they're saying. And I think, I don't think that that any of the, the recent, I mean, Obama better than Trump. And, yeah, that's true. And Biden certainly 
in many ways, I would say better than Trump, simply because Trump's manner of speaking, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk. No, that was, Trump's manner of speaking was just not, like, I feel like half the words that he said that came out of his mouth were just blatantly offensive. Like, I didn't want to listen to that. And, like, as much as people would come for Biden, sort of, for, like, you know, there's clips all over TikTok with, like, editing Biden, like, you know, him, like, falling up the stairs and, like, forgetting what he's saying mid-speech and stuff. Like, and yes, even I-, then, I think that forgetting what he says, he also does, he has a a, a speech impediment, and I'm not, you know, I'm, that definitely doesn't help him, and I don't necessarily think that he's actually, like, forgetting what he's saying as much as he is like from what I can't remember what I read about it but people who have stutters will there's certain words which they tend to avoid and you have to like they have to like reroute themselves around certain words and I think that you can sometimes see that happening with him and I think that people and I think that a lot of people take advantage of that too to sort of like say oh like he's you know, Sleepy Joe, he's forgetting stuff. I'm not saying that he isn't old and isn't forgetting stuff, but I don't think that you can... Well, it's just it's portrayed ex- so extremely all over TikTok. Like, all of my, all, all of the edits and stuff are, like, some of them are kind of funny. Like, I won't, like, I've definitely laughed at them Um, in the same way that, like, I don't really find the Trump edits funny because people are always editing, like, the crazy stuff he says, but, like, they're going to make edits, they're going to post it online. But then again, it's like contributing to how people view the candidate. Because like you, like we talked about, like we're in the generation where kids are now voting, we're the youngest generation voting, and if we're getting our news and stuff like we talked about from TikTok sometimes. It's like, whoa, that's what you're seeing. I mean, you got to take a big step back there because that's not a great portrayal. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't, there's not a lot of uh, people who I truly believe will be the best presidents ever but you know but yeah no i think um it should be really interesting to continue to see how the uh the election unfolds but i'm sure that it will come into our conversations in the future but i think that's sort of a good place to end thank you so much for listening thank you guys so yeah thank you guys so much for listening um i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will be back with more in the year to come i hope everyone had a very happy new year and happy holidays and yeah we will see you guys next time mm-hmm.